0: Hey everybody, listen up. This is Dee Snyder, formerly of Twisted Sister. Yeah, you know me. And you're listening to Appetite for Distortion with my best buddy and big toe, Brendo.
1: Appetite for Distortion. And welcome to the podcast, Appetite for Distortion, episode 213. My name is Brando. Super excited for today's guest. The guest that I've wanted to speak to. Not just since the beginning of this podcast, but since the beginning of my career, I've met him once briefly uh, during a different part of my my radio life. But D. Snyder, of course from Twisted Sister, uh, he's just been as much in my lexicon and my world as Guns N' Roses and Axl Rose since I became a, a rock fan. You know, so much of my knowledge. It's so funny. I, I always sometimes I got listeners like, "Oh, you know so much." Hey. I may know more than the average Joe, but I, I make mistakes all the time. Uh, I admit it. So feel if, if free. If there's ever an episode where you're like, mm, "Well, sir, Brandon, you were factually incorrect here," let me know, and I'll do. Uh, I'll fix it the next episode. But I feel like I learned a lot from listening to Dee Snider, whether it was on the those VH1 Top 100 Rock Songs of All Time. Uh, you know, he was on "I Love the the '80s." That do you remember that on VH1? "House of Hair" is radio show. I always felt I, like I was learning a lesson, so I learned a lot from D. So I can't wait to talk to him. Let's not waste any further time. Let's talk to D. Snyder. D, how are you, sir? What's up? Oh wow, I get to see you. Okay, that's only fair. That I, you get to see me as well.
0: Hey, no, I didn't know if it was uh, camera or uh, was it audio, video? What I don't know. Got to be ready. Got to be ready. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually as ready as I can be in a mostly empty house. We're moving. So we've got this very non-metal sort of oddly lich. You know, yes, Beatles yesterday, today, album cover vibe going here. Half dark, half white. I don't know.
1: <laughs> I love it. Oh, and I can't believe I'm not going to get up now and waste your time, but I have a poster because if we're only releasing the audio of this, but it's an autograph by you and the original Twisted Sister. I'll See if it's real. <laughs> oh, it's real. Oh, my girlfriend put it somewhere, but it, and then has the uh, the late and great, uh, AJ Perro and, and Mark. Mann. Oh, that's
0: that's the, that's the money right there. I mean, I've, I've seen many recent signed albums and stuff, and sadly, that's the missing, you know, name.
1: He, well, it, it is, and here's the, the connection that it's from WRCN where I used to work. Oh, wow! And oh, wow. Yeah, and and I you, used to work there too. Yes, you did. Yes, you did. So not just being a a Long Island boy because I grew up in Baldwin, uh, you did. Oh a, yeah,
0: no, no shit. Where
1: Baldwin Harbor?
0: A harbor rat. <laughs> what street? What street?
1: Eight fourteen Van Buren Street. I still remember. I that. know
0: Van Buren. I used to drive for Grand Avenue Cab. Okay. Uh, yeah. and I, in 1974, and uh, so I had to take people from the train station. All over Baldwin. I've been to Van Buren many, many a day.
1: Yeah. Oh, beautiful. I mean, my dad had his uh, dental practice off Gravin Avenue. So, I mean, it's uh, not just knowing you from, obviously, wherever you grew up, it's like, okay, you know who your hometown heroes are. And yeah. and in addition to that, obviously, Twisted Sister is famous enough in the lexicon of anyone who's into rock and roll. And me, obviously, Going in the radio route traditionally, like kind of like you did, uh, WRCN, WBAB stations, you've been WPDH used to carry ha- House of Hair. Absolutely. So, I, as someone who's been so busy, you know, as who's done so much, you must be going nuts right now. you started off by looking at your empty walls. Is this the longest you've ever gone without touring? Like, yeah. since you've been in a professional? Um,
0: I don't know I don't know there was there was a 5 year period after the demise of Twisted Sister the and then of during the the failing of uh Desperado and before Widowmaker there was 5 years that I unintentionally uh was took off, was off so that was a long dry spell um I do so many different things and I'm constantly feeding my own fire so like you know I have decided this year my, my management think I'm Nostradamus because I told them last year, I'll be doing no live shows in 2020. And uh, there's, now I think there's some sort of prediction. <laughs> I was focusing on my writing, not music. Uh, I, I wrote my first fictional novel, which is out. Uh, I'm looking for a publishing deal for that. started my second one. Um, I was supposed to be directing my first feature film, uh, My Enemy's Enemy, uh, which I wrote. And now I'm, I've been hired to write another reimagining of a horror film for another company. So I've been just like so nonstop busy uh, with writing. I haven't had a chance. And, and then plus getting the, preparing the live album for release and all that. So I've, it's been, I've been nonstop, but i my wife said to me, we're, we're moving right now. She, and I said, Oh, we have a, it's great. We have this window to move. She said, We've had a big window to move. You just keep thinking of things to do. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, you have nothing you have to do besides record your radio show.
1: That's what makes being a fan of Dee Snyder so great. Because there's always something new going on. And it's not just music, because I'm a horror movie guy myself. I think Strangeland, one of the most underrated horrors I- I've ever okay. seen. It's just, I I know you've been asked this, and you talk, can you talk about, before I forget, like, um, whether it's a sequel or what's what's the horror news that uh, you can kind of tell us, if you can?
0: Well, um, Strangeland, you know, was groundbreaking. It was intended to be groundbreaking. Uh, It was the first film rated R for scenes of torture. You're welcome. Uh, You know, inspired the whole torture genre. And it was ahead of time. When it was, um, it's become a cult film, which is great. Uh, And there was a a sequel immediately slated and started, I mean, started, the writing started uh, immediately after the release of Strangeland, Strangeland 2 was being worked on. And then company shooting gallery went, uh, well, they were indicted by the federal government. That's happened to me twice (laughs) in my career, by the way, with Strangeland and with Widowmaker. I I, I socialize with the best people. And then, it was it was stuck in a court battle for seven years, and where I was trying to get the, the creative rights back, and and then it's been on and off again for with so many companies that wanted to make it, and then you know, I mean, we're talking about independent films, you know, and then it didn't happen. So I kind of got got not soured on the idea, but I just said, you know what, I'm not gonna it's like that girl you want really bad, but the more you pay attention to her, the less she's interested. Mm. So I'm, I'm, So now I'm working on if I pretend I don't care now she'll come to me so far hasn't worked. That said, um, my writing as a, as a right screenplay writer is really hitting its stride right now. And I've written a movie called my enemy's enemy, which uh, I have a deal on and I was supposed to be directing in May, but it's been pushed back till next year due to COVID. And, um, so and that is going to be groundbreaking. Again, that's why I've waited so long to write, make another horror film. I either want to do a sequel to *Strangerland* or want something new, inventive, creative. This is going to be a new voice in the horror community, and by the way, deeply disturbing. Um, I can't wait. So, I can't wait. Oh yeah. And then the other thing is, I was I, I've been hired to write a reimagining of a classic 80s horror film. I can't say which one at this time. All right. But uh, but, it, you know, um, but uh, I, they've hired me to write it. I, I, you know, I first had to do a treatment and uh, everybody just flipped out. So they're negotiating my deal right now to write the screenplay. And I may be directing that one as well in 20, 2021. Uh, I'm, but uh, so I'm, a lot I'm, going on in the world. I'm, yeah. I'm, 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 all to- hoping, I'm all hoping that leads to, I've got a new production company called Demon Scope. And uh, uh, and my filmmaking company and I'm hoping it's all going to give me the put me in a position to say I want to make Strange Land two and finally uh, you know and, and and be in a position to say I want to do what like you know like where I'm in charge as opposed to you know so I'm hoping these next two movies put me in a good place to finally make strange Land* 2. Right on. And I'm
1: excited because in addition to, you know, talking rock, doing this podcast, talking to rock stars like you, I'm spending my time watching 80s horror movies. You know, that that's just, that's my, my love is together. So you, as I mentioned before, you're giving back to your fans, you know, whatever, however they find you, whether it's through horror, through music, uh, the live DVD. I watched some of it uh, last night and it's, it's super entertaining. You know, it, it's not just watching you live, but your banter with the crowd and in the interviews that that go on th- uh, with it. So you're giving your fans a lot to, you know, to keep themselves sane during this
0: time. You know, again, um, I seem like Nostradamus, but I will not, uh, you know, that it's not, releasing a live album now is like the best thing to be releasing, but it took a year to get that finished. So it's not something you can just say, I'm going to do a live <laughs> album. It just, you know, took a long of and I, but I wanted to capture uh, what I do. I'm a front man. Um, there are some who have said I'm one of the great front men. And one of the things I do is I know uh, as Lemmy Kilmeister said to me, uh, and, and dear friend, but he said shortly before he died, he said, "D, you're one of the three best front men I've ever seen." Wow. And. uh, and by the way, he saw the Beatles at the Cavern Club and the Stones at the Marquee, yeah. and he wrote it yeah. for Hendrix. The guy's seen shit, and he said, "But you are the best at talking to the audience." And on this record, I capture what he's talking about. You know, there's some people say I'm doing stand-up comedy in between songs, <laughs> uh, but that for me is part of being a front man to engage the crowd, bridge that gap between the state, the band, and the audience, and make them, and connect with them on another level beyond the music. Agreed, and this leads me to a
1: question we often talk about on this podcast. One of the great front men that has been mentioned when, you know, between fans and, and historians, or whatever, is Axel Rose. And I wanna talk about a tweet that you wrote uh, less than a month ago. Uh, Brother Axel Rose, for what it's worth, I stand with you. And I'm assuming, because axel has been, he's not as vocal as you unless it's on Twitter. So he's been tweeting a lot of political stuff. So if you wouldn't mind, like it's elaborating, because I want from Axel what you're giving fans. It's you're so tangible, you're you're grounded. It's not saying I don't know Axel as a person. Maybe he's just a shyer guy, but I'm not getting from him. And when he's giving, when he's talking politically, he's only giving us a little bit. You go all in, and I know exactly where you stand. So if you kind-
0: yeah, I, go, I go- I go balls deep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I know that he's just speaking out against Trump, and it's against you know the the world of politics as it is today in general. And we're headed down a very dark path. Uh, d- our democracy is in jeopardy, and I know got there's you know quite a, uh, a good portion of the metal audience. That's on the other side of this debate and this argument. And that's the thing. It should be a debate. It should be an argument. Unfortunately, it's become this hardened, you know, them or us situation where there is no communication. There is no uh, exchange of ideas or thoughts. There's no, oh, you know what? I see what you're saying there. And I always pride myself on being that guy that, that could Hear something and be and have and have my position changed, but uh, it's very disappointing to see how uh, hardened people have become, and it's getting ugly. I mean, fa- it's, it's 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 brother against brother, literally in my family, uh, right. to the point right. of, of physical violence. And my family is not the only family that's like that, right. and it's very right. weird to see that amongst people, siblings who grew up together, shared so much together, but now because of a political leader, one person, as they've become so uh, so uh, I should say both sides. I should say both sides become so opinionated that it could get actually physically violent. And that reflects on society today. I think there's some ugliness ahead. There's some ugliness ahead. So I just wanted to know he's not alone there. Sebastian Bach's been very vocal. Tracy Tracy Guns and I have become best friends on social media. I never met the guy. but we're like, we're on music now together. We're like, dude, <laughs> we just become best friends. Like, you know, because <laughs> we're like individuals. But there are some people standing, speaking out. And uh, in spite of the fact that our fan base tends to be on both sides of here. So there's a lot of people who say, you know what? I don't want to stay out of the fray. I don't want to offend anybody. Right. But I can't do that longer. I can't do that any longer. You got to take a stance, especially at a time like this. You've got to uh, be a voice. And you
1: are the ultimate voice. Isn't there something to be said? And I, I just shared uh, the picture of you, you know, in front of Tipper Gore, you know, the, the famous shot of you with the, uh, the cutoff yeah. uh, jean shirt and everything. It, a, I guess, how do you compare that America to this America? And doesn't it also show, because last night, now it's trending on Twitter, uh, Billie Eilish shouldn't be speaking out. You know, she's, she, and good for her. She just turned 18. Good for her. But like musicians can't speak. You know, I, I don't buy that. Everyone is a person, and is allowed to speak. So you of all people, like you would think that conversation would have ended in 1985. Like, oh, what do you know? You're just a singer. Like, what, why do we still have to have the conversation in 2020 that why you are allowed even though some people may not agree with you, half of Twisted Sister fans may not agree with you, or half of GNR fans may not agree with Axel. But why, like you said, why can't we talk? Why are we still having this conversation that you and Axel and other musicians are allowed to say something?
0: It's it's mind numbing, actually. The "stay in your lane, know your place" mentality. Uh, as if, uh, first of all, it, 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 it's used on everybody who speaks of something. I mean they are plumbers or lawyers or doctors. They're speaking their political minds. Right. Why shouldn't uh, an actor or a musician be allowed to speak theirs? I think the thing that is the rub is that we have a, a greater outlet to more people to express it too. But after having a, a B movie actor as president, and a reality show star is president. I mean, do those lines, even if you say they know stay in your lane, shouldn't it have been said to Ronald Reagan and Donald Trump? Yeah. Stay in your lane. You're not a you're not a politician. Stay in your lane. So it's 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 wholly offensive. It's, it's it goes against everything democracy has ever stood for. And music has been political forever. Right. There's, yeah. a, politics has been expressed through music since before rock and roll, since the beginning of time. It's been one way of getting your message out there has been through music. And, you know, someone said the other day, they said, well, well, that's the, you're losing half your audience, D. And then somebody said, well, you know, Crosby Stills and Nash sang four dead in Ohio. It didn't seem to kill their career. <laughs> you, know, and, you know, we should be allowed to express ourselves and, uh, and, and, you know, and then of course, you know, don't get me going. I mean, we're not going to take it. It was all about that. I just never thought that I'd have to be turning my guns on fellow rockers. You know, that was where I could take hey, was a, was a fuck you to, I'm sorry, That's okay. uh, you know, to, to, you know, parents and teachers and bosses and the, and the man, and and now all of a sudden I got my fellow rockers behind me going, Hey, you can't say that you can't do what the fuck, you know, and <laughs> now I'm trying to get guns on them. You know, and I'm singing it at the people that I was I wrote it for in the first place. So I haven't changed my stripe. One iota, same belief system, same person. I mean, I've grown, I've, I've matured. I'm, I'm a better person. I will say that, but as far as beliefs and the things I stand for, nothing's changed. And if you expect them to, you got the wrong rock star, okay? <laughs> That's why I love you, D. And I know I don't have
1: you for uh, for too much longer and you're this extremely busy guy. I-, I wouldn't piss off my fans if I didn't ask this. And
0: uh, We got to the top of the hour. You got to the top of the hour. Oh, I
1: do? I have another 10 minutes? Okay. I thought yeah. I 20. 20- oh,
0: this is beautiful. I man. did. I'm, I'm, I'm bequeathing you. I have a, My next one's on top of the hour. They always give me a, a cushion so I can... Catch my breath. I don't know what oh, I need to do. Maybe take, okay. take a piss once in a while. But I just pissed before I came on here, so uh, so I'm good till the top of the hour. Oh, awesome, beautiful. Because I I don't know if you've I mean, because you've been everywhere.
1: You, I know you've been to the, some of the stations I've been to, but have you ever been to iHeart in Tribeca or q You've been to Q104, three, right?
0: Yeah, I did a live show. Yeah, from iHeart in Tribeca when I released the, the ill-fated D does Broadway. Not that I expected it to be faded, actually. Uh, <laughs> my manager said, "Who's going to buy that?" I said, "Probably nobody." Uh, so I did a, I did a, a a broadcast. So I released that at the iHeart Studios. Yeah.
1: Okay. Sure. Sure. So that's where I I usually am, and one of the things that I do, I run. I'm the person on the other end running the tour and, and giving out the the schedule So I'm so hypersensitive to respect the DJs before and after me with the you know with the, when it, when it's a radio tour and all that. So, uh, but again. Totally but speak, going back to before, speaking of democracy, that's my segue to Chinese democracy. I remember talking about this early on in the podcast, and it was so funny, uh, you know. Because, like I said, it's like when you said before, you're like a stand-up comedian. But I'm like, no, he's a, he's a radio personality. When you called uh, oh, yeah. GNR, because we I we just started the podcast. Well, my, my current friend, former co-host, right before the reunion, so there wasn't. Too much to talk about at the time, so of course we talk about Chinese democracy and that the lineup and all that. So your your quote rose and roses" comes up and it makes me laugh, and that's something we've obviously talked about over the course of the podcast. For me, um, I root for. I compare it to sports, like I'm a Yankee fan. No matter who puts on that jersey, I root for. Right. So there are other fans that aren't like that. I, it's. Twisted Sister doesn't have the same kind of lineup changes that Guns N' Roses have had. So, the, so I, know, I don't know if you've dealt with this uh, problem personally. So I guess, if you can just I guess, elaborate, how do you feel now, I guess, about Rose and Roses and Slash and, and Duff coming back into the band? How do you feel about, I guess, Guns N' Roses, uh, you know, currently?
0: Guns N' Roses, I love Guns N' Roses. Uh, and That Appetite record... Uh, would be on my Desert Island Classics list. Uh, When I was running, jogging, I did my best time ever (laughs) in my five-mile run, running to that album when it first came out. Uh, It was an incredible record. record. Um, And so I'm a fan. Uh, But I am a a believer in I hate uh, what Kiss is doing. I hate what Kiss is doing with the guys with the guy with Ace and Peters makeup on. Uh I and I, I'm not a fan of people say t- when I left Twisted and I went out at some point and I was doing Twisted music, I never even thought of calling it Twisted Sister without the other four guys. And they everybody saying, But yeah, but you're Twisted Sister. You wrote the songs, you're the guy they know, blah blah blah. I said, That's not Twisted Sister. And I won't do that out of respect for the other members of the band. Uh, I could have made a lot more money doing that, but I would not do that. Uh, And when Twisted Sister reunited, um, the original members, the, the classic lineup, Mark Mendoza walked in, pulled out a gun, put it on top of his amplifier, then picked up his bass. And when people tell me it's tough to put your band back together, my bass player brought a fucking gun to the first rehearsal. Okay? So and we and he and, and openly spoken about hating me. Uh shooting me just gets me madder, though. Uh but anyway, uh, but uh, so I, I don't buy the Ooh, it's too difficulty. We couldn't get past our differences, blah, blah 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 I had to exploit the name of the band, you know. Uh I, I just I said I'm I'm a fan of Guns N' Roses. I'm disappointed that I'm disappointed that, that Steve is not there playing drums. I've seen the footage of him joining the band, and it's so awesome. I know. Yeah. He, I know he does great. I'm like, oh, God. I, I mean, I I know he's had some physical problems. He's a lovely person. I thought maybe that was the problem. And he gets up there and plays these couple of songs, and he's got that, that shitty grin on his face. <laughs> and He's like, great. Why isn't he there? It doesn't make any sense to me. Is he, you know, is he? been that guy that just sort of just always sort of taking off and you know what i don't know he's, he's an interesting character i think that choice is his more than anybody's I uh, you would I i understood from my doing my radio show he was supposed to be in this thing and then showed up for the first show and left or something i don't know what what do you know about that because that's what i've been reporting on my radio show that he walked out of the sound check and uh, that was it
1: yeah actually, yeah, actually oddly enough, that was that story was quote unquote broken on my podcast from a former manager, Alan Niven, who by the way, if you hear the fire trucks, it's because I'm doing my show in my apartment in Queens. As I mentioned, I'm not in Tribeca, I'm in Queens. <laughs> I live right by the I live right by the hospital. So uh Alan Niven, who still talks to Izzy, he I guess mentioned that he was at a Sound Shack, but then there's uh Guns management management says he was different, that he just showed up to talk to the guys. So, I mean, Izzy was there. Izzy wasn't in, in, involved in some way, but just never made it out on stage. Like, he just took one look at, like, a setup. and But then there was that tweet that Izzy took down that he was complaining about the money. So I, there's more to the story than what Alan, uh, I think probably what Izzy told Alan, even. But that's what, that's as far as, as what, I, what's what I know, you know, and that was told in my podcast.
0: Yeah. So it, it, I'm, a, I, I'm a believer. believer if, the, if you're going to use the brand, if you know you shut the classic lineup, unless someone's dead, <laughs> that's that? like to me is like excuse for not being there. Well, he's dead. Okay, well then, then you're excused. You're excused because you're dead. Otherwise, you better show up, and it better be the original band. That's for me. That's for me. <laughs> that's why I, I think fans I mean, do. Yeah, uh, but, you know, we I mean, can't compare. Baseball teams, because you know that the whole idea of you, you know Roger Clemens playing playing for Boston all of a sudden, and he puts on a jersey and he's a Yankee. He was a Yankee at that point, yeah. Because there's no true allegiance. These guys weren't born and raised in Boston. You know, they're just being paid enough money to go play for Boston or play for the Yankees sure. or play for the Dodgers. Sure, it's different than rock and roll band. It's not. It's not a a perfect analogy.
1: But it's it's something I've been <laughs> I've been working on, and I will say yeah, I, keep
0: working. Because <laughs> that one suck?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, I did agree with you because it really broke my heart at the time uh, when Axel did not want to he did not accept the Hall of Fame induction, and I talk about now especially since you know look at the way the way the world is in not just politically but just with the virus and everything it's just push it aside you know unless somebody brings a gun. You know, this is the time to mend any fences. That's why, you know, I hope Sammy and Eddie work out something. This is, like, we're not going to be here for that long. So, I mean, I did support your uh, criticism, I guess, of the Hall of of Fame decision at the time.
0: Well, thanks. Uh, You know, and and again, this is I'm very outspoken about it, but it comes from a fan place. It doesn't come from, it, it doesn't come from, uh, arrogant asshole artist place at all. It's just that as this is where I started. I started in the crowd. Look up. Well, look, I'm friends with Alice Cooper, and on my radio show, anytime I introduce uh, a song by Alice. Or the original band I did this is the Alice Cooper. Band. I really hammer that because to me as an Alice Cooper fan, it was Dennis Dunaway, and it was Michael Bruce and Neil Smith. I mean it, this you know it was it was a band and and Alice went solo and took the name with him and left those guys in the dust and I have liked much of alice 's solo stuff, but it should be acknowledged that is Alice Cooper solo. There was a band that wrote those great songs that built his career. And I really wanted to see that original band brought back together. And they were brought back together, you know, a couple last year or something for a a couple of songs. It it was really not a that was too little, too little, too late, really.
1: Well, like I said, um, at least that's something, but it's not bringing a gun. And I, I will say, I met you, I'm sure you met a million people. I met you, I think, eight years ago at WRCN on Long Island. And this was the time Mark was a host of a radio show. And it, it was not, a. Mark was very nice to me, but the, the radio show host wasn't. He was, it was just a bad show. It was just somebody who paid to be on the radio which doesn't? Right, right. You, you don't do that. It's, it's somebody who knows radio. You don't do that, especially in mornings. You don't do that's this somebody, whatever. That's a whole other story. So I kept thinking this guy who has to pay to be on the radio gets to interview Dee Snyder. Well, I, I I did it from my apartment, and uh, you could have said no to do this podcast to talk about Guns N' Roses. So I really appreciate your your time today. You're obviously super busy. I'm glad I got to enjoy you quote unquote live from home. Uh, what can, I mean, there's a lot of, for fans to uh, expect. Is there anything in the immediate future that you want us to know yeah, that's coming totally out?
0: The movies, I tell you about the book, I'm dealing you know, shopping right now. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm always surprising people. Uh, uh, originally a children's book came out that I was not actually uh, formally, I didn't, I didn't motivate it. They want to take the words of rock songs and put them to pictures for children. And so we're not going to take it and made a toddler's book out of it of toddlers who don't want to eat their food and toddlers <laughs> don't want to eat That's the weirdest thing in the world. But it actually has ignited ideas because I am a dad and a granddad uh, for some children's books that I want to work on. So I'm doing that and I'm writing the scary movies. And uh, I'm recording a Christmas song uh, with some people, some very big international artists uh, that, for this year. More on that in the near future. Uh, back in the studio working on new music for the follow up to for the love of metal. And um, so, you know, I'm just constantly creating and doing new things. Uh, you know, hopefully I'm always surprising people and uh, pleasing them somehow, at least some of them, some of the time. Amazing.
1: And I just want to, before I let you go, I'll just say my second radio interview ever was with J.J. French, and he was promoting A Twisted Christmas. So you had two Jews promoting a Christmas album.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, as it's, it's kind of weird. Some of the greatest Christmas songs of all time have been written by Jewish people, oddly. That's what he said. First, That's first. what he
1: said. <laughs> That's exactly yeah. what he said. That's great. Thank you so much, Steve. This really was a pleasure.
0: Hey, thanks, No Pleasure, too. Talk to you again sometime.
1: That was so awesome. That was so fun. If you've been a fan of this podcast since day one, you remember those early conversations with O and I talking about Dee Snyder and Rose and Roses. And, you know, Dee comes up often on the show because he's always out in the, the forefront of what's going on in rock. He's still holding up that flag high, you know, and it's not just, he's not just tweeting. He's obviously making really successful music still. The fact that he made a metal, metal record you know, uh, it's not the, the rock of the, of uh, Twisted Sister, but a metal record, and it was so well-received, and it's a great album. He's still reinventing himself. Uh, the fact that he's doing horror stuff is amazing. I talk so often about horror movies. Uh, I wish uh, Slash would get more involved. I wish uh, Dell James would get more involved. He's always tweeting uh, recommendations to horror movies, which is cool, but I would love for... Can you imagine Axel? Oh, excuse me. Well, I guess Axel, but uh specifically Slash and Dell, if they had a horror podcast or, or something like that. So just really awesome just to talk to him and to see his passion about just about life, about everything that he that goes into, it, about everything that he does. And I know Axel Rose has that passion. I mean, I know as a fan. I don't know him personally, but still, especially with his tweets. But it kind of. Um, I don't want to say irked or just like, I was like, eh, come on. When he tweeted, uh, what song was it, Axel? It was in response to Biden announcing Kamala as his, I'm, right now I'm looking on Twitter, uh, as his uh, vice president. Yeah, he just tweeted, uh, Roger Daltrey, say it ain't so, Joe. So one would assume he was against Biden's VP pick. Tell us why. Why don't you like her, or, or or somebody? Was there somebody else you wanted to be vice president? Did you want to run? Like, tell us. D. We can deconstruct things. We can have an argument. We can have a discussion. So again, I'm not. Maybe Axel's just. That's obviously not what he wants to do. He doesn't want to be a D. Snyder. He doesn't want to be his buddy Sebastian Bach. He doesn't want to do it. I guess. It's kind of like I wish you wouldn't say anything, <laughs> kind of thing. Uh, but I, I, I was kind of piggyback on what I said to D, and I think I touched upon it early um, with Ian in, in the podcast early in the early episodes, and it really did bum me out with the Hall of Fame. I thought I was done. I really thought I was done as a fan at that time. And obviously, Guns N' Roses as a brand and Axl Rose, seemingly as a person, has grown so much since then. So I can. I don't have to hold on to those ill feelings as a fan. Like, oh, I was bummed about the Hall of Fame. You move on. And that's exactly what, uh, again, D as a person is doing. Uh, Before I get out of here, I want to mention uh, a couple things. Speaking of just like, you know, time is short. You never know what could happen. Uh, So as I am recording this, uh, this is August 20th, uh, 2020. And it's National Radio Day. And you heard me talk to D about about some radio stations that I've worked on. It's just it's incredible. Uh, I got to thank all of you for adding to this uh, this next portion of my radio career, which let's just say it began 2001, maybe 2002. You know, in college, and, and a bunch of different radio stations since then. You know, on and off the air, doing different stuff. But this has been the most. I don't know. This is I've certainly gotten the most recognized from this podcast. Uh, I've certainly spoken to more people than I've ever dreamed of. And I'm not even just talking about Dee Snyder or Doug Goldstein or Paulie Shore or you know, Richard Ford. I'm talking about you. Listeners from all over the world. So I'm gonna read a couple of uh tweets that I just got today. So I tweeted about uh that about uh, today being National Radio Day. And let me just actually say it here because I tweeted it. And this is true. Any radio station I would walk into that played Guns N' Roses, I would be so happy. That's what I wanted. That's what I did in college. I was like, I just want to work on a show where I can play Guns N' Roses. And that's my job. What kind of job is that other than to be in Guns N' Roses? You know what I mean? So uh, I, I mentioned that that was a, kind of enough for me to work at a place that played Guns N' Roses. So I never obviously thought that I would do a podcast about it when this podcast was not even a word when I started my career. Uh, interviewing big names. You know, I got to interview people throughout my terrestrial radio career, but nothing like this. Nothing like this. And making international headlines. A lot of, pe- a lot of my, my, my previous interviews were picked up. Uh, Loudwire... I know uh, Loudwire, Ultimate Classic Rock, Ultimate Guitar, uh, Blabbermouth, uh, Alternative Nation. I mean, just a lot of different sites pick up my, are still picking up my interviews, and, and they go international. That's how I have listeners. I was just telling my friend's uh, wife, who's Australian, I'm like, I have a lot of listeners. Where are you hell from? Down Under. Sorry for saying that. Uh, so this, the listener said, uh, he tweeted at me, Yannick Cole. He said, what a great tweet, and actually ended my tweet about never, never once thinking about where I would be in my career right now, and ending it with, time just fades the pages in my book of memories. Sorry for a second, but that's the only way you could say it. Uh, oh, what a great, only a Guns N' Roses fan would understand that. Uh, what a great tweet. I've yet to listen, so he has yet to listen to this podcast, as I've been piling podcasts from my Montreal to Florida drive. But that won't happen in uh, 2020, I'm sure. Tomorrow will be my first, so he's gonna listen tomorrow. Uh, so I, I recommended the Brain episodes. People love, uh, of course, with the former managers, uh, either Doug or Alan. I love the Looney Tunes uh, writer episodes, of episode rather, uh, with Roberta Freeman and Teddy Zigzag. That was a lot of fun. And looking back on the podcast, I'm like, wow, we've had a lot of fun conversations, and thanks to you. Many you were involved in whether it's submitting questions, co-hosting, uh, just you know, champing, just going along with me on social media, commenting, and just liking a post. And all these years, it's it's got me far. So I, I recommended uh, a few to him, and so that was one today of a of a new listener, and another one. Where is it? I just got it. This guy, he's from Scotland. Uh, I've done the same, re- responding to that last tweet. Just found you last night, but added you to my list for listening on the drive to work. I've got a couple days off, so I get to listen uh, when I go back on Saturday. So two brand new listeners from different parts of the world. This is how it happens, guys. This is how it happens. you got to tell people. Tell people about this podcast. Tell people to follow on social media, uh, facebook.com slash the AFD show. We're always doing fun stuff on social media. Uh, it, it's not just, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll post uh, episodes and the articles written about the episodes, but you know, quizzes and just your, your thoughts. Oh, I should, uh, you know what? This is a poll. This is something that I did on Twitter. So that's why you should also follow on Twitter at the AFD show. So let me just scroll down uh, a little bit. Uh, so I wanted to ask you, who were you most surprised? What were you most surprised by in the guns of roses world? Uh, so, Axel Rose doing Slither, you know, Velvet Revolver, Slash and Duff playing Chinese democracy songs, Axel fronting ACDC, or Axel on Looney Tunes. Okay, so uh, almost 300 votes. And wow, I mean, f- almost 42%, 41.6% said they were most surprised by Axel covering Velvet Revolver, covering Slither. Uh, Right behind that was Axel fronting uh, ACDC at Uh, 35.6. Then way beneath that was Axel on Looney Tunes, uh, 13.2. And then Slash and Duff playing Chinese Democracy at 9.6. I mean, to be honest with you, all of those were fucking surprising. All of those. I mean, could you go wrong? So we do polls on social media. Uh, Instagram is a lot of fun. I love sharing uh, other Great fan sites, pictures, and back and forth. So, uh, Appetite for Distortion on on Instagram. And there should be a lot more to come. A lot of cool stuff to come. Uh, a couple interviews coming up. I will let you, uh, I can tell you now. Uh, Greg Graffin from uh, from Bad Religion. Another interview that's just like, that's awesome. Bad Religion. We're going to be talking about uh, their new book. They have a Bad Religion autobiography. Imagine if there was like Guns and Roses, like joint Oh uh, well, I guess a Guns N' Roses joint would be awesome. But he just, Guns N' Roses uh, to get a joint uh, written book, a together like kind of like the dirt, you know, when each member had a part in, in uh, putting it together. So we're going to be talking to him on the show, and he actually he has a you would not know his six degrees of of GNR bacon. I mean, yes, uh, a member of Bad Religion used to be in Junkyard, and Junkyard used to play with Guns N' Roses, so technically there is one that I actually. You, the listener, when I mentioned I was going to interview him, uh, told me about, but there's one that's uh, a secret, so you're going to have to wait for that, uh, that interview. And also, comedian Joe List, you may have seen him on Comedy Central, and he does a Guns N' Roses joke. Actually, it, it, it's pretty funny. Maybe I'll, I'm sure I'll probably play it uh, either on the episode he's on or I'll have him retell it or something like that. But uh, Joe List, he's on Comedy Central. He's actually he's on SiriusXM all the time, pretty big comedian. And he was another... A uh, recommendation from a listener from you. Again, you are the reason why today I got to interview D Snyder. You helped me get this platform. I've been in radio for a long time, yeah, but there's no way I could do this without uh, without your help. So thank you. <laughs> I say that like every episode, but it's it's true. It really is true. So uh, follow on social media. Uh, we're also available. On uh, Q one hundred four point three dot com, Alternative uh, the iHeartRadio Radio podcast, Breaker, or wherever you listen, you can always uh, usually leave a, a comment. They have a comment or, or, or like a review mm-hmm. section, which you can also leave reviews on on Facebook as well. Uh, please do that because it's it's it was great when I first reached out about interviewing D. The uh, the label uh, the first I guess the management was interested, and the label was then interested by saying we've gone back into uh, we. We like your guest list what is uh what's these uh six degrees of gnr bacon look at that even labels uh artist labels are, are know what we're all about isn't that great so because of the past guests the big guests we get the and we get to get the uh, interview d snyder that's how it works and i break it all down for you painfully so <laughs> so until next time when will we see the next episode of Appetite for Distortion? In the words of Axel Roth concerning Chinese democracy, you'll see it. I don't know if soon is the word. No! Fuck it! No! Thanks to the lame-ass security, I'm going home.